Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the San Francisco Giants and their upcoming baseball matchups over the following week. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the football field once again. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football-related. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben and Raya podcast. Now, before we went on break, we previewed what we are doing for this week's show. Once again, talk about the Giants and their upcoming baseball matchups over the next week. But we got to do what we always do, which is recap how we did last week. And we were fantastic while the Giants were mediocre. We thought that the Giants would end up splitting against the Cubs, thought they would end up winning the last two games of that series, thought they would lose the first two games of the series, and they ended up winning three of four. So they split the first two games, won the last two, and then we thought they'd get their brains beaten in by the Dodgers, and that's exactly what happened. Each of the first three games in that Dodgers series were decided by three-plus runs. So overall... In seven games, we ended up going 6-1 and one straight up, so we were very good. And as for the Giants, not so much because they were 3-4. and four. And I can't say I'm surprised. On top of that, we also had some bonus, I guess, pats on the back because we talked about the trade deadline. I mentioned how the Giants should consider blowing it up or at least trading some of the veterans. Thought maybe Rodon might be on the block, but at the end, I said the Giants would probably do nothing and sit there hoping that the veterans would regain form and hope they can catch lightning in a bottle twice, kind of like what happened last year, and they barely did anything. The Giants stuck, uh, just uh, hung around. There were rumors about Rodon. He stayed put. I thought they might trade Jock Peterson. I mentioned Crawford. They didn't trade anybody, and now the Giants are three games under, and yeah, they got another matchup against the Dodgers coming up Thursday afternoon, So if you're watching this and you're on the West Coast, it's going to be a game around 1245, so plan accordingly. But either way, we had a very good week. The Giants overall did not, and we're going to keep moving forward. So we got to start off in a weird spot because we have to continue with a series. Usually we start over from scratch, but we do have to talk about game four of this series against the Dodgers. They are trying to avoid getting swept by them Again, in a four-game series, you have Junis against Kershaw. And, of course, Kershaw is a big favorite, as he should be, because the Dodgers have owned this team. And Kershaw is, of course, a future Hall of Famer. But if you want to look at the overall numbers this season, Junis has actually been okay. 
2.78 ERA, 58 and one-third innings pitched. Kershaw, 81 and one-third innings pitched, 2.66 ERA. Kershaw has also had a couple of perfect games past six innings. So he's had a couple of really good starts. But last two outings, not great. Nine and two-thirds innings pitched, nine runs allowed, seven of them earned. So he's actually been struggling recently. And if you want to look at Junis's numbers, he has been pretty good recently. Uh, just to go through those recent performances, last two starts, eight and one-third innings pitched, one run allowed. So the length has not been there. The earned runs have not been there. So that's kind of the trade-off. And you kind of got to try to find some value because the Dodgers are laying roughly minus 210 in this matchup. They're nine and three heads up against the Giants. And so far in the series, it's been one-way traffic. There's really no other way to put it. But if you want to talk about where the value might lie in this game, it might be on Junis' first five if you think Kershaw continues to struggle since he has not been sharp. I'm not sure if he should be laying 210. But the Dodgers are in full-on beast mode right now. They had a historically great July that's carried over into August. I think I'm just going to take the Dodgers to sweep. I think there is a chance the Giants could be leading after five and the Giants' bullpen could blow it. But from what I've seen in this series and the series about a week and a half ago, I mean, these teams aren't even close to each other. The Dodgers are just so much better. And the last seven meetings within those two weeks – the Dodgers have won every game by at least two runs. So I can't even say the Giants are covering the plus one and a half run line. It has been just one-way traffic. It's been ugly, and I'm expecting it to continue. Give me the Dodgers to complete the sweep on the Thursday afternoon. Now, looking at Saturday and Sunday, we have a two-game interleague series in the Bay Area between the Giants and the Athletics taking place in the Coliseum in Oakland. And for the Saturday matchup, we don't have a listed pitcher for Oakland. Better question, does it really matter? We know Oakland traded Montes. They don't have any starters left besides Blackburn, and Blackburn will not be starting in this game, obviously, because he's pitching on Thursday. So either way, the point is we have a random pitcher to be named later, and it's whoever it is going to be worse than Rodon. So I'm going to take Rodon, and I'll take the Giants on the run line. Rodon pitched an absolute gem. His last time out, he's still been very solid all season long. Oakland has been a little bit feisty lately, and it helps that they're in a really bad division. Besides the Astros and the Mariners, I mean, got to deal with Texas and the Angels. I mean, you're going to win some games here and there because those two teams are awful. But I'll take the Giants to win the opener on Saturday. And then looking at Sunday, you have Webb versus Aller. Aller has been a pretty underwhelming pitcher all season long. He had one okay outing against the Astros, and then the time after that, face off against the White Sox, six and one-third innings pitched, four runs allowed. So he'll give you a little bit of length, but the length comes with runs. So that's not exactly good length per se, but you will have Webb on the mound, and even though Webb picked up a loss on Monday against the Dodgers, he's still the much better pitcher. And I do have to like the Giants on the run line. Oakland could potentially sneak up and bite the Giants in one of these games. But I think the Giants will just be thrilled to not have to face the Dodgers again. And we saw them take three of four against the Cubs. So they're still capable of beating up on bad teams. They are just not good enough to compete with the creme de la creme in the National League. And luckily for them, the Athletics are an awful team in the American League. So give me the Giants to complete the sweep there. And then moving on to a three-game set against the Padres. So a very rare 
I'd say, spot on the episode where we actually could talk about three separate teams that the Giants are playing against in a given week. But they're traveling to Petco to take on the new Murderer's Row because the Padres were one of the biggest winners at the deadline. They traded for Hayter, and that was when the ball got rolling. Then they traded for Soto and Josh Bell. Then they also quietly picked up Drury from the Reds, who hit a grand slam in his debut with the Padres on Wednesday night. So we're looking at this series, and Tatis is not back yet, so that's the silver lining. Once he's healthy, this Padres team offensively is going to be otherworldly. It's still really good now, but Tatis is still out. He should be back probably mid to late uh, August, but he's yet to even start any minor league rehab appearances, so he will not be playing in the series. But to go through the pitching matchup, you have Wood on the mound against Snell. Now, both pitchers have been, well, pretty mediocre so far this season. Wood has a 4.42 ERA. Blake Snell has a 4.16 ERA. So kind of neck and neck there. You go through the recent outings. Alex Wood was doing pretty well recently, and then he faced the Dodgers, gave up six earned runs in five and a third in a nine to five loss on Tuesday. Blake Snell, though, his numbers were atrocious about a month and a half ago, and he's been making really solid strides as the season has progressed. He did have one blow-up start in the month of July, three and two-thirds, five earned runs, but that was in cores, so you can kind of put an asterisk there. But the other four starts, six innings, one run, five innings, no runs, six innings, one run, and that was against the Giants at Petco and then five innings, one run. So he's been very solid. And the fact that he just shut down this Giants team in Petco less than a month ago, I do think bodes well for the Padres in this spot. Now, as for pricing, I don't exactly know how the Padres will be priced moving forward. Of course, they have Soto. They're obviously going to be favored, but I am curious if they will break the 200s here. I doubt it because Snell's on the mound. And based on his reputation this season, I'm assuming it should be close to 170, give or take. But I'm going to take the Padres here. Wood, I've mentioned time and time again on this podcast, I don't think he's very good. Snell, I know, can be good. We saw it with Tampa. And it seems like after some really awful couple of months to start the season, he's starting to get back into rhythm. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Padres to get the job done here. Then on Tuesday... You have Cobb against Musgrove, which is a pretty interesting matchup. Now, Cobb is a pitcher, once again, that I've mentioned on this podcast, I'm not the biggest fan of. And Musgrove just got paid a boatload of money, and he's been pretty solid all season long, 2.65 ERA, .99 whip. But to go through Cobb's recent numbers, he's been decent in the last couple of starts. He had one bad outing against the Dodgers. What else is new? five and two-thirds innings pitched, four earned runs. But if you want to go through all the other starts in the month of July, he was pretty good. Six innings, one run, seven and a third, one, uh, one run, none earned. Six innings, three earned, six innings, three earned, five innings, zero earned. So Cobb was actually very solid in the month of July. 36 innings pitched, 2.75 ERA, but you have the Dodgers' bad start in there, so he's been very solid. And Musgrove has really kind of hit a wall and he's still been pretty good but the issue is when Musgrove sets the bar high as one of the Cy Young hopefuls and then his last two starts 
Six innings, two runs, which is pretty solid, but five and a third, four runs against the Mets. Then the start before that, five innings, five runs against the Rockies. Once again, Coors Field, put an asterisk there if you want it, but the Padres have lost each of his last three starts by at least three runs. So for this one, I'm actually going to take a dog here. I think the value is going to be on Cobb. Musgrove does pitch Thursday. So if he puts together a great start, we can potentially expect this line to go up. But from what I've seen, Cobb has actually been better than his overall season numbers over the past month. And Musgrove has been in a little bit of a rough patch. So I think the Giants could get a very nice plus price here. And I do think as a result, there's some value on it. Or play it safe, take the plus one and a half and hope the Giants only lose by one since the Padres might not have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. But to go through the Wednesday game, the last game we're going to talk about in this podcast, we have Junis once again taking on Manaya. And Manaya's numbers overall have been pretty mediocre, 4.25 ERA. If you want to go through the last couple of outings, three of them have been good out of the last four. Six innings, two runs against the Twins. Three and a third and nine runs, four of them earned. So you had an error that resulted in a bunch of runs against the Tigers of all teams. Six innings, three runs against the Dimebacks. Six and a third, two runs against the Rockies. So he's been pretty good for the last couple of weeks with the one blow-up start against the Tigers. And then you have Junis, who we talked about before. He's been pretty good. Do I think the Giants are going to take a series from San Diego? I think it's possible. I'm not saying that it's definitely unreasonable because the Padres pitching staff is still relatively underwhelming. So it is possible that Manaya ends up getting roughed up a little bit and Junis can pitch well. However, Junis has once again not been giving much length or providing much length in these starts. So that is concerning. But Manaya's numbers at home, 4.35 ERA, which are not exactly great. He had two starts against the Giants this season, 12 innings pitched, 4.5 ERA. You know what? I'm going to be a little bit bold here. I'm going to take the Giants again. I think Manai will be mispriced, and even though I recognize how good the Padres are supposed to be on paper, I mean, their World Series odds dropped to 9-1, to one, and they're supposed to be a wild card team, which is absurd. But Tatis isn't back yet, so they're not at full, I'd say, strength. They're at about 80% strength. But I still don't exactly like the pitching staff, and Hater's good, obviously, but they got to get to Hater, and I'm not sure that the rest of the bullpen is solid enough to maintain a lead. But I'll take the Giants. I think that they will possess uh, possess solid value in at least two of the three games in the series. So I'll take them for the potentially huge plus price cash. So to go through the games once again, on Thursday, I have the Dodgers to complete the sweep and win that game probably by multiple runs. Then on Saturday, I have the Giants minus one and a half against Oakland with Rodon on the mound. Then on Sunday, deja vu, I got the Giants minus one and a half again, this time with Webb on the mound against Aller. Then I have Wood losing to Snell on Monday, potentially on the run line, but I'll take the Padres' money line to be safe. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to take some long-shot money line flyers with the Giants' money line with Cobb against Musgrove, and then once again with Junis against Manaya. But that's been this episode of the Ben Maria podcast here for Thursday, August 4th. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.